Good tidings and good cheer. Welcome back to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. It is Christmas Eve. I hope you and your family are in preparation for a wonderful Christmas. It doesn't appear, at least in Columbus anyhow, it's going to be a white Christmas. It's actually unseasonably warm. I went out yesterday without a jacket. It was 60 degrees. Oh, it was glorious, and I'm loving every minute of it. But there is a part of me that wouldn't mind a white Christmas. That's probably not going to happen, but hey, uh, it's Christmas time anyway. Got to enjoy the season and the family and the presents and the gifts and the food and everything about it. It's a wonderful time of year. I am Kyle Lamb. I am your show host. Today, we are in the middle of the countdown up to number five, the top five wins of the last 25 years of Ohio State. Today, we will be talking about number two. Yesterday, we had number one, Ohio State Miami out in Arizona back in 2003. Today, I'll tell you who number two is. We've got still five days, despite Christmas, five days a week here for Locked On Buckeyes this week, albeit some abbreviated episodes thrown in, but still going to do five regardless. That's coming up here in just a moment. We'll talk about number three. Of course, we'll talk more about Ohio State Clemson the rest of the week as well. Can't forget about that big showdown. Locked on Buckeyes, your only daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Find us on your favorite platform. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Locked on Buckeyes is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye Singular. And don't forget to continue to listen to all of our great podcasts and episodes and content over on my sister network, Unscripted Ohio. We'll be back with number two on the list of top wins of the last 25 years by Ohio State coming up in just a moment. It's time for our number two on the list of the top five wins of the last 25 years for Ohio State football. Yesterday at number one, of course, was Ohio State-Miami, January 2003. The Buckeyes, a 14-point underdog, pulling off the upset in the BCS National Championship game, beating the Miami Hurricanes in one of the greatest upsets of all time, given the circumstances. We've seen much bigger upsets. Two two touchdown favorites, not a huge upset, but given the circumstances, a 31-game win streak, national title on the line, Great game, double overtime. I think it was a worthy number one. Much to my surprise, Ohio State, Alabama, January 1st, 2015, the college football playoff semifinal. Ohio State, of course, going on to win 42-35 and then moving on to the national championship game where they beat Oregon. It's no surprise that Ohio State, Alabama is number two. That is our number two today. What did surprise me is that it actually came really close to edging out Ohio State-Miami for number one. I didn't see that coming. I thought thought it was going to be a clear-cut choice myself. For those people that were old enough to truly remember Ohio State-Miami, I mean, it was the first national title in several decades. For some people, it was the first national title they were old enough or alive to remember. So I thought that that would hold so much more sentiment with the voters. Now, maybe some of you are younger and don't remember that game as well. I can understand Ohio State-Alabama sticking out. 
I was trying to piece this together as to why Ohio State Alabama would get as many votes as it did for number two. And I think I understand. I, I certainly expected this one to be ahead of Oregon because I think there was a feeling going into the Oregon game that after Ohio State had boat raced Wisconsin and then thoroughly and physically dominated Alabama the way that they did, going into the Oregon game, there was a sense that, okay, Ohio State's got this. I, I don't think anybody was truly surprised with the way they played in the championship game that year after the, the previous two games. But I, I'm trying to recollect my own memory and going into the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, there was some, uh, there were some seeds of doubt for a lot of reasons. Of course, you had the SEC factor. That was a monkey on Ohio State's back, whether it was fair or unfair, because the Arkansas win, which had, be, which had been scrubbed from the record books because of being vacated, with that exception, Ohio State had not beaten an ACC te- SEC team in so long. And it was still fresh in people's minds the way that they were running out of the building against Florida in 06. And then even though they gave LSU a pretty good game in 07, it just wasn't to be. They they played with LSU, but they couldn't get over the hump in that game. And so Ohio State had a perception issue, which is why I know so many people cherish this win over Alabama. Because if you think back to the headlines after the game, there was a sentiment with the national media that, okay, Ohio State has taken the throne from Alabama. That didn't end up happening. Alabama bounced back. Of course, that was kind of a hot take to begin with, but we did expect Ohio State to do more after that championship run. They should have been back in the playoff in 2015 to no one's fault but their own, but they blew it. They just never really got it rolling in 15. And then we know what happened in 16, and then they missed out in 17 and 18. So I think because Ohio State has failed to live up to expectations, at least that Buckeye Nation had for them since then, there is a lot more sentimentality for this game. But I was also thinking back. There's another reason for it. And even after Ohio State went out and just, obliterated Wisconsin, 59 nothing. There was some still lingering doubt as to whether Cardell Jones was the real deal and whether he could get it done. And that's another reason why I think this game was still holds a, a special place in the hearts of Ohio State fans because it's not just beating the SEC, it's, it's beating Alabama. It's that it, it was still unexpected. Even after that 59 nothing throttling, there was a lot of doubt whether it would happen again. Ohio State was a nine-point underdog in this game. And what's interesting is when you go back and watch the game now, and you don't have the emotion, you don't have the the energy level of hanging on a thread from snap to snap, when you watch it in, in replays, you realize Cardell Jones actually didn't have a great game. He Barely passed for 50% completion percentage. He had one touchdown, one interception. He wasn't all that efficient. He, I mean, he threw for, I think, 6.9 yards per attempt. But he made just enough throws that he needed to make. He made some big-time throws and some big-time plays with his feet that game. I'm not saying he played poorly because he absolutely did enough to win. And when you 
combine that with the way Ohio State was able to run in that game. Of course, Ezekiel Elliott put up a historic finish to that season, just mowing people down, something like 700 yards rushing in the last three games. Incredible the way Ohio State dominated the two-line of scrimmage. And in this game, I looked at the box score, and it was not shocking to see that Ohio State finished with about 140 more total yards in this game. It was weird because the way the game started out, you, you can remember the many surges early on. Ohio State just couldn't get over the hump. They were outplaying Alabama right away in the first quarter. But the problem was they were settling for field goals unsuccessfully. Alabama was scoring touchdowns. When Ohio State made a rare mistake, Alabama capitalized. The next thing you know, it's 21-6, to and you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, the Buckeyes are outplaying Alabama, and yet this is the verge of a blowout. And it it could have gone a number of ways. It really could have wound up being one of those games where it just wasn't meant to be. No matter how well Ohio State was playing, the game could have gotten out of hand, and Alabama, Alabama could have won by four touchdowns. But the Buckeyes stuck with it. They got some momentum going. Cardell Jones made a couple key throws on that next drive. And all of a sudden when it's, you know, 22 to 15 or 22, 14, I guess it was, or 13, suddenly the, the momentum changed quickly. And then Ohio State gets the ball back and they get that touchdown before half. And all of a sudden it's a one point game. By the way, that, that throw from Evan Spencer to Michael Jenkins, to, I'm sorry, to Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, the GOAT, by the way, or at least, okay, not the GOAT. Well, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL. But that throw from Evan Spencer, oh my gosh, I still, I still pull up YouTube every once in a while and put that replay up. That was something else, a, 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 one of the most amazing throws I've ever seen, especially when you consider Spencer's not even a quarterback. But they, they got it turned around. They got the momentum before halftime. There wasn't any question in my mind that Ohio State was going to win that game the way they went into halftime. I know that they were technically, you know, trailing. You could say, well, you know, it, it's just one half. They're still losing despite the momentum. But in my mind, that game was over with going into the, the second half. And, of course, OSU goes right down the field and gets that touch, long touchdown, and it was on at the, after that. So... I can see why this game holds a special place because it exercised the demons of the SEC. It knocked off the champion Alabama. It it did a lot of things to make Ohio State feel good, but it was still an unexpected surprise. And I think that's why it was so uh, so important for Ohio State fans even today because it was more unexpected than the championship. Everybody knew Ohio State was going to go and, and beat Oregon. At least I did, and I think most of you did as well. So that's why this game is ahead of that one. And I think that's why it came so close to Miami. It For me, Ohio State-Miami is still on another level. Because that was a, that was a level of jubilation I saw with Ohio State fans. And not only experiencing the national title for the first time for many people. It was definitely the first experience of a true national title because back in the 70s and 60s, they were kind of mythical. They existed, but they were mythical. This one was the real title. And to see it play out against one of the greatest football teams of all time in Miami, 
I I really am surprised that there are some that put this one ahead or on the same level as that one. But these two definitely stand out in a crowd. And this one, I think, I think in retrospect, wouldn't be as important if Ohio State had finished the deal in some of these subsequent seasons. But the bottom line is, at least still to this day, Ohio State fans have something to hold over Alabama fans. And it's special because Alabama fans will admit, other than Clemson, whether they want to, sometimes, or some of them won't admit it, but other than Clemson, Ohio State is the program they least want to face because they know that Ohio State has that pedigree. They've done it before. They can line up against you and beat you. And by the way, Clemson fans need to be worried about that too because that's going to happen, in my opinion. That is going to happen Saturday. I really believe it. I'm, I'm putting myself on out of limb about this game. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm not just saying it to be a, a homer. I'm not trying to put on scarlet and gray glasses. I'm not trying to mislead you and get your hopes up. I really believe with all my heart. I have searched every stat I could find. I have tried to be reserved, tempered. I've tried to be logical, reasonable, rational, Whatever adjective you want to describe, I have tried to be patient in not getting carried away with some kind of uh, writing a check that I can't cash. But I really believe as we sit here about five days away from game from game time, I think Ohio State is going to put up a performance similar to what we saw against Alabama. I think this is a good segue. I think the kind of shock that people had with the way Ohio State dominated the trenches on both sides of the ball. And to be fair to Alabama that day, they did run for five yards of carry. It's not Ohio State. They didn't shut him down completely. And we could also argue that Lane Kiffin may have mismanaged his offense that day because they were having enough run success. Maybe they gave up on it too much too early. Passing the ball as much as they did winding up in three interceptions, that gave Ohio State more momentum in the second half especially than maybe they would have had otherwise. But still, to be fair, Ohio State did control the line of scrimmage, and they put seeds of doubt in Alabama's mind that day. And so I think it's a fitting segue for this show today that I think the same thing is coming December 28th, this Saturday evening, out in Glendale, Arizona, I think Ohio State is going to control both lines. I think they're going to run the ball very successfully against Clemson. And I also think Clemson is going to struggle to run the ball on Ohio State. They haven't been able to do it in the, some of the better defenses they face, like Texas A&M and South Carolina, barely a little over three yards a carry. They didn't do very well against Boston College. I guess Boston College, they had a decent game, but some of the other good run defenses they faced, they they were not very successful. So Alabama-Ohio State is your number two win of the last 25 years. It's a special one because of the ridding of the SEC jinx, if there ever was one on the Buckeyes. But I think this is a template. This feels like the way Saturday could play out for Ohio State. Because I look at a team that is dominant in both trenches, 
And I think that's going to carry over against a Clemson team that has small, vulnerable flaws that have been masked all season long by a really bad schedule. And playing a bad schedule doesn't mean you can't be a good team and aren't a good team. They could be really good, and we just don't know it. But I think that they do have flaws, and I think they're going to be exposed. And I hate that word sometimes because it's cliche, but I mean it this time. That's going to wrap it up for Locked on Buckeyes today. We'll be back tomorrow with a special Christmas edition for number three in the list of the top five victories for Ohio State in the last 25 years. It'll be abbreviated edition, but we will be back to debut number three. And then we'll be back on Thursday as Ross Fulton will help me break down and dissect what Clemson will attempt to do and Ohio State will try to do against Clemson coming up on Saturday. That'll be the Thursday episode, and we'll be back to a full-length episode on Friday. So Lock on Buckeyes will be back this whole week, Christmas editions, five days a week on our daily schedule. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say lock, play Lock on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter, as always, at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Christmas with number three. Have a great holiday, everybody.